Take your Bible this morning, please, and be turning to the Gospel of Luke, the 19th chapter. Luke chapter 19, as we continue our series called Favorite Bible Stories. And if you were brought up in Sunday school and church, you no doubt have heard this story we're about to study many times. In fact, you probably sung it many times. In fact, if I just gave you a portion of the song, you probably could finish it. It's about a wee little man named Zacchaeus. Isn't it amazing how songs stick in our memory and how songs kind of seal Bible stories into our hearts and minds? We think about Noah and his arky arky. We think about the wise man who built his house upon the rock. And of course, we know about Zacchaeus, who was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. I think when we sang it growing up in Sunday school, and, and we sang those types of songs in vacation Bible school as well, I think we even had motions that went along with Zacchaeus. And there's nothing cuter than watching some toddlers go, Zacchaeus, you come down because I'm going to your house today. But you know what? In all of the fun that we've had learning the story and singing about this little man uh, as we were growing up, I'm afraid we've missed something very important in the story. This story took place during the final week of the Lord Jesus's life. He's on his way to die when he passes through Jericho to have this encounter with a man named Zacchaeus. In fact, Ken Hughes reminds us we can have fun with this, but we must remember that the story occupies a very serious place in Luke's account of Jesus' life because it's Jesus' last personal encounter before his arrival in Jerusalem and the events leading to his death. All that remains after this is the telling of the parable of the ten menace and then the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. In fact, if we stop the story with just the fact that Jesus went to Zacchaeus's house, we've missed the entire point of the story. We're actually told in this story one of the greatest statements in all of the Bible. And that's a pretty bold statement. We're told one of the greatest statements in all of the Bible. And so if you have your Bible today, Luke chapter 19, and if you grew up in church, you know the story, but only at the familiarity uh, take away today. And if you, you didn't grow up in church, then you're in for a treat as you hear the story of Zacchaeus today in Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. It says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Verse 6. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Verse 9, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, this story is remarkable in so many ways. It's a true story. It really happened. 
there really was a little man named Zacchaeus who climbed up into a sycamore tree. And if you were reading the, the Gospel of Luke and you started in chapter 1, and you were just reading from chapter 1 like you would read through the book, you would have already read chapter 18 when you came to this point. And in chapter 18, if you remember, is the story of the rich young ruler. And you remember the rich young ruler went away sorrowful, went away from the Lord Jesus because he loved his stuff more than he loved Jesus. And then Jesus made a statement after the rich young ruler went away that's often been repeated. In fact, if you want to turn your page back to Luke 18, look at what the Jesus says in verse 24. Luke 18, 24. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now picture that in your mind, a camel going through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 26 of chapter 18 says, and those who heard it said, who then can be saved? But he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So you've already read that in chapter 18. You turn the page, chapter 19, and then you read the story about Zacchaeus and you see a camel going through the needle's eye. And you see something that um, God does that man cannot accomplish. Something that's impossible with man is possible with God. You see a rich man who saved a rich man named Zacchaeus. Now I want to think about Zacchaeus for a little bit today and see what we can learn about uh, him and learn about our Lord Jesus. And we notice, first of all, that Zacchaeus was curious about Jesus. He's curious about Jesus. Uh, Jesus is passing through Jericho. And you have this little man named Zacchaeus. And his name literally means, they tell me, righteous one or pure one or innocent one. But it appears that Zacchaeus has not always lived up to his good name. The scripture says he was not only a tax collector, it says he was a chief tax collector. He would have been over a certain area, probably over other tax collectors who worked for him collecting taxes. And the Bible says that he was a chief tax collector. And if you're at all familiar with the tax collector, now how do you feel about tax collectors today? Don't answer out loud. But in Bible days, if you're familiar at all with the tax collectors, uh, they were hated and they were despised. A publican or a tax collector, uh, someone like this is a Jew who basically sold out. And this Jewish person sold out and said, I'll collect taxes for Rome. And the majority of them were not honest. They were crooked. Uh, They would collect more than they could and pocket it. And they were hated. And they were deeply hated. They were despised. And the Bible says here that Zacchaeus was not only a chief tax collector, it says very boldly, very plainly, he was rich. He was a rich tax collector. Now, in many ways, let's just call him Zach for a little bit. In many ways, Zach had what many people long for and desire. He had success. He had a measure of financial security. He had power that went along with being the tax man, that being able to assess things and, and require people to pay things to him. And who knows what else he had power to do if they did not pay. He was successful. He was secure financially. But the Bible says very bluntly and very plainly, he was short. As we used to sing, he was a wee little man. And it's probably the only time we ever used that word wee growing up. I mean, we probably go in, oh, look at that wee little thing there. Yeah, but Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And I got thinking about this. I was listening to a sermon by Skip Heisick. And he mentioned that back in this time, the average man was about five foot tall. That was the average man. 
And then you read the Bible here. The average man's five foot tall. It says he was of short stature. So you can imagine he's definitely less than five and probably more so on down. So get that idea in your mind. Zach here was really short, certainly by our standards, but even by their standards. And when you think about it, Zach had several obstacles that would keep him from being interested in Jesus and being curious about Jesus. He was rich. He was successful. Uh, He was short. The crowd was in his way. He couldn't get to Jesus, couldn't see Jesus. He couldn't push his way through. He couldn't peek over the head of other people. In fact, there are probably people in the crowd who would love to push him down and stomp on him and kick him because maybe he had swindled them or cheated them. We don't know. But Zach didn't let these obstacles stand in his way. He had a curiosity about this man named Jesus. Now, listen, don't ever look down upon someone who, although they don't know Jesus Christ, they're curious about Jesus. In fact, John Calvin said curiosity and simplicity are a sort of preparation for faith. Think about that. Curiosity and simplicity are a sort of preparation for faith. I see this quite often. We have a baptism service here. We baptize someone or some individuals. There are children sitting out in the congregation. Seems like not too much time goes by and I'm told that my child is asking questions. They're curious about this idea of baptism. And that's not something to despise or or kind of push down. That's something to rejoice in. Why? Because curiosity and simplicity are a sort of preparation. They look at that and say, what's that all about? Why are they getting baptized? What does that mean? And it's an invitation there to begin talking with them about the gospel and about the Lord Jesus Christ. And Zacchaeus here is so curious about Jesus. He wants to see him so badly. He does some things that would have been out of character for a man in those days. In fact, looking around, some in here would do these things. Verse four, he ran ahead. Now, that's out of character for a man in those days. He climbed up into a sycamore tree. No, that that didn't quite fit with a man of his stature. He wanted to see him. He was going to pass that way. In a lot of ways, Zacchaeus was childlike. He runs on up the road. He climbs up in a tree. He figures Jesus is heading this way. I can't see through the crowd. I can't see over the crowd. I'll get up in a tree so I can look down and see the Lord Jesus. Can you see this little man? And in your mind's eye now, can you see this little man sitting up in the tree? Uh, in a lot of ways, he reminds us of what Jesus said uh, in the chapter right before this one, uh, chapter 18, verse 17. The Lord Jesus says this, Surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Now picture this scene in your mind. He's up in that sycamore tree. The crowd is coming along. The Lord Jesus is there. There's a throng of people around him. You can imagine the sights, the sounds, all that's going on. People eager to touch Jesus and get to Jesus and see Jesus, be healed by Jesus. They're moving along. And in all the midst of all this stuff that's going on around him, Jesus takes to turn his attention over here or over here, over yonder, or back to this person. But Jesus takes the time and he looks up and sees that wee little man in a tree. Someone I read this past week in studying talked about the fact that they thought Jesus would have smiled at the, at the sight. I'll be honest with you, I think he did. I mean, imagine this. Here's wee little Zacchaeus sitting up in a tree. And he's looking down at Jesus. And Jesus is looking at him. And he's curious about Jesus. Which brings us to the next part. 
of the story. And that's simply Zacchaeus was called by Jesus. I love this. Look at verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must stay at your house. Did you notice here, beloved, that Jesus called Zacchaeus by name? What do you think went through Zacchaeus' mind? Here he is sitting up in a tree, minding his own business, want to see this. Jesus is coming along and Jesus stops, looks up and says, Zacchaeus. He called him by name. Jesus knows my name. Jesus just spoke my name. Jesus called me by my name. Can I just share with you something today, beloved, that ought to be a great blessing to you? Jesus knows your name, too. He knows your name. I want you to soak that in for a moment. Jesus Christ knows your name. He knows you. He knows all about you. And can I just say to you, beloved, today Jesus calls you into himself. Can you hear his call today? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Notice this is a personal call. He didn't just look up and say, hey, you... Hey, you little man up there. No, he said Zacchaeus. He called him personally. And notice what he says to him. Make haste. Hurry up and come down because today I'm going to your house. I'm told this is the only instance in the Bible where Jesus invited himself to someone else's home. Charles Swindoll said that in Western culture, of course, it's considered poor etiquette to invite yourself to somebody else's home for room and board. Um, we try to teach our kids that, right? They try to make arrangements. Hey, come to my house and play. I, I'm coming to your house and play. Well, we have to arrange that. You know, it's, it's good manners. You don't just invite yourself. You wait to be invited. But did you realize here that Jesus actually honors Zacchaeus? Because ancient Near East culture counted it a privilege To provide someone shelter and food and provision and comfort, especially persons of great social rank. In fact, he said everyone with a home in Jericho hoped the Messiah, uh, hoped to host the Messiah on his journey. But surprisingly, Jesus gave that distinction to the city's most notorious sinner. That's what Swindoll said. In other words, he gave Zacchaeus an honor. It wasn't an imposition. It was an honor. Zacchaeus, make haste. Hurry up. Come down because I'm going to your house today. You're going to host me today. Now, if you read very quickly as we read through the scripture today, you may have missed a very important word in verse five. I want you to look at it again. If you ever read that or Bible, you see the words of Jesus. I want you to read it slowly. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today, I, what's the next word? I must stay at your house. It's a necessity. It's a divine appointment. I must stay at your house. Life will know that what we see in this verse is divine sovereignty. God is at work. Jesus did not pass through Jericho by mistake. It wasn't a happenstance. There was a divine appointment with a wee little man named Zacchaeus. 
And he said, Zacchaeus, today, I must stay at your house. God's at work, verse 5. And then we see human responsibility. Because you have divine sovereignty, God's work. Then you see human responsibility. Man responding to God's work. Look at what it says in verse 6. It says very quickly there, So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. It's interesting to notice, as one did, that Zacchaeus thought that he was seeking Jesus. But actually it was the other way around. Jesus was seeking Zacchaeus. And can I just say to you, that is the way it always works. You say, well, do you have scripture for that? Yes, I do. Romans chapter 3, verse 11. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. Just think about all of that at the very beginning. Adam and Eve sin. They eat of the forbidden fruit. They realize they're naked. They sin. What do they do? Do they run to God? No. They run away. They hide. They try to do their own human works and cover themselves. And who comes seeking them? God comes seeking them. Adam, where art thou? And here we have Zacchaeus thinking, well, I'm really interested. I'm going to seek out this Jesus, see all about him. But in reality, it was Jesus who was seeking out Zacchaeus. God always makes the first step. And then we respond to his working in our hearts. And by the way, he even empowers us to respond to his working because we're dead in our trespasses and sins. And and Jesus says, Zach, I must come to your house today. I'm coming. And Zach said gladly, come, Lord Jesus, you're welcome into my home. Now, we don't know the exact moment that Zacchaeus received the Lord Jesus as his savior. The old evangelist Dion Moody said that Zacchaeus was converted from the limb to the ground. I don't know. It could have been that. But did you notice as we read here, not everybody's happy about Jesus going to Zach's house. Not everybody's thrilled about that. Now, Zacchaeus received him gladly. But you keep reading verse seven. But when they saw it, they all did what? They complained. They grumbled saying he, Jesus, has gone to be a guest with a man who is a what? A sinner. He's a great sinner. Jesus, if you knew what he did to me and my family, if you knew what he did to them, he's a great sinner. Many would have viewed, let's put it in our vernacular, many would have viewed Zacchaeus like we would view a mafia godfather. Get get that in your mind for a moment. A mafia god. Imagine Jesus going to New York City and there you are. And he's going to have dinner with a mafia godfather. How do you respond to that? How do you feel about that? Be honest. Well, I'm in church. It's great. Now, really, how would you respond to that? Perhaps it's a little bit too probing and painful to even answer that question. Zacchaeus, well, might have been one of the most notorious sinners in Jericho, but that's all going to change. Why? Because of Jesus. He was curious about Jesus. He was called by Jesus. And here's a great one. He was cured by Jesus. Now, let me just tell you something. Zacchaeus's main problem, beloved, was not his short stature. I was thinking about this last night. That's one thing you can't do much about. Now, now this way, we have some control on that. But this way, unless you wear heels, Barney Fife tried it. You can hang in a closet if you want to, but it didn't help, right? We don't have a lot of control over that. His main problem was not his short stature. His main problem was his sin. His main problem was shortness, yes. He had fallen short of the glory of God. He had missed the mark. 
In fact, all of us have. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this sin has brought about spiritual sickness and disease, yea, even spiritual death. And this sin separated uh, Him and separates us from a holy God. But God provided the cure, the remedy, the Savior, the one who went to Zacchaeus' house, the Lord Jesus. I love what verse 8 says. Then Zacchaeus stood. Everybody pay attention. He stood. He said to the Lord, I'm assuming there are others there listening. Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Now, I could bore you going back into the Old Testament and give you all kinds of percentages and all kinds of things. If you take this, you do that, and this percentage, and that percentage. Let me just suffice it to say that Zach chose the highest penalty when he came to giving away what he had uh, taken wrongly. Fourfold. Four times. I'll give back four times. And then obviously what's left, I'll give half of that to the poor. Now, please don't misunderstand This is not how Zacchaeus was saved. It's not why Zacchaeus was saved. This statement that Zacchaeus makes in this verse, these actions were the fruit of his salvation. He'd had a change of heart, a change of life. The old is gone. The new has come. And he shows his new life by his actions. He's living out with the God, what um, the epistle of James tells us later on in the New Testament. James 2, 18, 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. The reason he said these things, because he had believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He'd received him. Zach shows his faith. And then notice what Jesus says. Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. And let me just let you know, not just a physical descendant of Abraham, but a spiritual one. He, like Abraham, placed his faith in the Lord Jesus. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. You say, well, preacher, how were people in the Old Testament saved? Same way we're saved. By faith. They believe. They were, of course, looking forward to the cross. We look back on the cross, but they were saved the same way. And then comes one of the most glorious verses in the Bible. What we maybe often missed as children as we sang the story, as we talked about the story. In this verse, we see the mission of Jesus. We see the heartbeat of Jesus. We see what Jesus is all about. Now remember, these words are spoken during the final week of the Lord Jesus' life. He's on his way to die. This is his last personal encounter. He's going to tell a parable, the triumphal entry. Then we're going to have those things then move in to the cross and to all that goes on. He's headed to the cross and he says in verse 10, one of the greatest verses in all the Bible. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I think what Jesus was saying there is, listen, you accused me of eating with sinners. You're right. That's why I came to seek and to save and rescue sinners. Thank God for Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Why? Because we're all lost. And Jesus came for us. Joseph Parker so eloquently stated about verse 10 that the whole gospel is in these words. And yet there is not a word among them of two syllables. 
He says you cannot revise them into anything grander. If you touch it, you spoil it. This is infinity brought down to a scale fitted to our poor vision. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Need a verse to memorize this week? Memorize that verse. Hide that verse in your heart. In these few simple words, we have outlined what the Lord Jesus was all about. Seeking and saving sinners. Do you see now how awe-inspiring it is to hear the Lord Jesus say to Zacchaeus earlier in this passage, Today I must stay at your house. I've come to seek and to save you, Zacchaeus. I must stay at your house today. You thought you were seeking me, Zacchaeus. I was actually seeking you. And friend, can I say to you, he seeks you as well. The Bible is very clear and I'm so grateful. The Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I wonder this morning, is the Lord calling your name today? Is the Lord calling your name? Is he saying to you, come, follow me, place your faith in me, trust me, leave your sin and trust me. Can I be honest with you today? My heart aches to think that there are so many people who sit in churches week after week, month after month, year after year, yet they do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They have a relationship with the church. They have a relationship with the church people. They know the pastor. They may know some of the deacons. They know their Sunday school teacher. They know their friends in the church. But they do not know Jesus Christ. They don't know him. They know about him. But they don't have a personal relationship with him. And perhaps that's you today, friend. There's never been a time in your life where you have personally repented of your sin and placed your faith in Jesus Christ. If that's you, don't let pride stand in the way. Take an example from Zacchaeus. You might be thinking today, well, listen, everybody thinks I'm a Christian. I hold offices in the church and I teach and I do all these things. I'd be too embarrassed to respond to a gospel invitation. Won't you take a lesson from Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus didn't let things stand in his way. He didn't care. He ran ahead. He didn't care. He climbed up in a tree. He responded joyfully. He wasn't worried about what the crowd thought. He was glad to see this one named Jesus, to be called by Jesus, to be invited to host this Jesus, to invite this Jesus into it. Not only his home, but into his heart. Better to endure moments of embarrassment than an eternity apart from Jesus in hell. And can I just reassure you today? If you're here today and you're not sure about this or you know that you're not a saved child of God. And maybe everybody thinks you are. If you're to respond to the Lord's call today and receive Jesus Christ into your life. Those who are here who are right with God and know God, they won't think less of you. They won't despise you. They won't chuckle at you. You know what they'll do? If their hearts are right with God. They'll rejoice with exceeding great joy that you've made things right in your life and you're headed to heaven. Don't be ashamed of Jesus 
Come to him today. Turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ. He's waiting. He's calling your name. He's waiting. I wonder today, will you, if you never have, will you, like Zacchaeus, receive him gladly and joyfully, yea, even publicly today, say, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's a personal call. Is he calling your name this morning? Father, I thank you for this passage of Scripture, for this story. Thank you for the grand truth that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, Father, I pray that you'd work. I can't do this. We can't do this. Only your Holy Spirit can work and move and bring people to Jesus Christ. Father, if there's anyone in this building today, or anyone maybe listen to this recording later, who's never received the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, help them to throw down pride and anything that would hinder them from coming and receiving Jesus today. Do a work, O oh God, that only you can do. And we'll be sure you get all the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn today is 308, excuse me, 307, Just As I Am. The invitation is very simple today. If you need to receive Jesus Christ into your heart and life, where I'm going to be down front here, so we begin singing, you just step out. I'd love to welcome you. I'd love to pray with you. And help you to find the Lord Jesus Christ as your own Lord and Savior. Don't let anyone or anything hinder you. This really could be. This is not just said for effect's sake. This really could be your last opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus. I didn't talk about it, but imagine what would have happened if Zacchaeus would have said, No, I'm good in this trade. Jesus, you just go on your way. Jesus said, Make haste. Hurry up. Come down. Jesus is passing by. If the Holy Spirit's working in your life right now, make haste and come and receive Jesus Christ. Let's stand and sing 307, Just As I Am. Mm-hmm.